When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Brick Lane Brewing. They're doing very tasty things. Find Brick Lane in all good bottle shops. Athena will help you pay down your home loan faster. Visit athena.com.au. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Hello and welcome to Dwayne's World. Great to have your company wherever you might be listening. It's Midday Madness time. You call, you get on. That's the Midday Madness promise. And the number is 1-300-736-736. Anything in the world of sport you'd like to discuss, we'll get you on for the next two hours. Dermot Brereton's going to join me later to discuss. Well, there has been some rule tinkerings. There haven't necessarily been massive changes, but there are going to be a couple of changes that will have an effect on the game. The The high fend-off is obviously dead. Your thoughts on that, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Free kicks will be paid more often this year. They were paid last year for high fend-offs, but expect more free kicks to be paid for high fend-offs, and it's now able to be considered a strike, a fend-off. So uh, there's going to be reports and suspensions for fend-offs, fend-offs to the face in 2024. Your thoughts on the... The death, maybe, of the fend-off, even though you can still do it to the sternum. You just can't do it to the throat, the jaw, or the face, or the head anymore, to the ear. So that's a little change we're going to be talking to Dermot about a little bit later on. Ruckman also, there's a change to the ruck rule. Ruckman can now protect themselves with one arm. They can attack the ball with the other. So as long as it's not to the face, we presume. But the way the AFL has written the rule... The stiff arm to the face accidentally to an opponent in a ruck contest is not illegal. So if you accidentally make contact, it's not illegal. So the rule is written such that a ruckman can protect himself with one arm if he's attacking the ball with the other. So we're going to see a bit of that. Will an umpire pay a free kick for a a fend-off to the face in a ruck contest, really? Because unfortunately the AFL website hasn't written the rule in deep enough depth to tell us whether an accidental stiff arm to an opponent, like a fend-off, is going to be seen as a strike also. Otherwise, you've got one rule for the rucks and one rule for everybody else with the ball. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Dermot to join me later. The other one is, what do you actually want? I'd love to know what you want. It is ironic. If the AFL wants something, fans often say, we don't want that. If the AFL wants technology, the AFL says, okay, we'll bring it in. The fans say, we don't need technology. The game's fine. And if the AFL brings in something, the, uh, the fans often say, well, we don't want that. So it is ironic that regardless of what the AFL does, they're going to be criticised for it because the AFL will or, will or won't do what you like. Last July, I had a technology expert on this show 
talking about technology advancements in sport and AI and what was available to the AFL to adopt immediately with its goal line technology. And this was well before the touched on the goal line controversy in the Carlton Melbourne game. This was a month before the goal line debacle involving Adelaide where a flawed system and human error got together the, to cost the Crows a final spot. The expert's name was Steve Samatino. And at the time, I got calls saying we don't want technology deciding goals. Human error is part of footy. I had calls saying that. Let the goal umpires do their job. People were telling me that the goal line technology, the chip in the ball technology in soccer didn't work well enough. And that soccer people were arguing and whinging about the way it worked in soccer. And that cricket's DRS wasn't flawless either. And people were arguing about, well, the delay in the DRS is another thing that the AFL, I'm told, uh, has had a look into. If it brings in goal line technology, what kind of delay does that bring into the game? Some fans wanted less technology, not more, um, last year. And then the Crows were robbed and people thought, well, hang on, the AFL system is flawed and there is too much left to humans to decide. I even threw up the option of, because the option's there for the AFL, to scrap the goal umpires altogether and just going with the ball chip technology to decide goals because ball and chip tech can tell if a finger or a goalpost has touched the ball from the difference in the spike. And an umpire's ear can't tell the difference between the noises, but technology can tell the difference between two different types of spike for a finger touching or a goalpost touching. So here we are, uh, we're, we're months later, and the AFL has done nothing to help themselves in 2024 and nothing to help the fans in 2024 to help advance our goal line technology system. So let me just take you briefly back to July last year when I had Steve Sammartino on the program and then I'll come to your calls on what do you actually want? one three hundred seven three six seven three six. What do you actually want? More technology or not? Here's Steve Sammartino from last July. And actually FIFA in the Soccer World Cup, they actually had sensors on all of the lines uh, to assess whether or not the ball went across and it was a goal uh, and, and inside the soccer ball to the point where they could tell where the soccer ball was 500 times per second and actually show the pattern of the ball across the entire game. A couple of things we could do in AFL pretty easily, I think. Even with the goal, we've got a bit of an archaic method at the moment where we look at video footage and see whether or not it touched the goalpost i tell you what, it's pretty easy to put some sensors on every goalpost and we'll know for sure. We won't have to look at that video footage. So, in essence, we could replace the goal umpires fairly quickly if they went with the technology. And it would be technology that understands the difference between the ball, the, the, the ball touching a post and a full forward touching the post at the same time? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you could have a combination of sensors as well as visual recognition. And with something rudimentary like... Uh, the ball going out of bounds or across the goal lines or touching the goalpost. That, that's a really easy fix. So there it is, last July. It's a really easy fix. And the AFL didn't want that really easy fix last year, and they obviously don't want the really easy fix this year. The problem with it is, and this is from my understanding, uh, the manpower. The biggest flaw in technology is the human assigned to interpret it. So training the humans is an issue for the AFL. And the delay in the DRS system that has everyone watching the cricket waiting to find out if there's a wicket. Do you really want to be waiting 
to see if a goal's a goal, like they do in the cricket, to see if a wicket's a wicket. So your thoughts on all of that. Dermot to join me later. We'll start with Bailey and Lavitt North. Welcome to you, Bailey. Good day, Joanna. How are you, mate? Good. That's the way, mate. Hey, look, I, just, I want to talk about that te- technology part just real quick. Um, personally, I don't think it's really comparable to cricket because, you know, it's not so often a, a wicket would happen, you know, in cricket. And when it goes to DRS, even that could be even that could be a 50-50 if they do that, depending if it's an LBW or call behind. I think in footy, though, I think it has to happen. I think they have to put in centres in the goalpost. Okay, to ensure they get the right decisions, because too many times, you know, we're waiting and going through the same old process of a snicko, and even sometimes that can't even be conclusive. Okay, and for those really fine line decisions, you might not even get the right answer as well. But I think we have to keep the goal umpires as well, Dwayne. For for just the just the fun of it, Bailey, just just to, just for the fun of it, to stick a couple of fingers up. Once the guy upstairs tells them to stick the fingers up, a bit like the cricket umpire. Does likewise. No, I'm all for keeping the goal umpires to give us the signal, but the technology's there, Bailey. Bottom line is, should we bring in the technology or not? Have the AFL have the AFL erred on not bringing it in? Well, I think I don't think they're perhaps they're not bringing it in because they might not be sold on it just as well. Don't I mean, obviously they've probably done a bit more research than most people, and I know he, I know that the guy that you were speaking to before said it's conclusive, but perhaps they've, they've done tests, perhaps they've just not convinced on it yet and they don't want to invest it. And they'd rather just keep the human element and maintain some level mm. of decision review that they have at the moment, which for the most part seems to be working. But again, on the very often occasions where it's a very fine line and they can't tell definitively, yes, those situations they have to look at what they can do with that. But is it worth investing that much money in the well, that's the question I'm asking everybody, Bailey. That's the question I asked you. And you're asking me the same question back. You wanted to talk high fend-off as well? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm a Richmond fan. Let me tell you, if this rule got out of there, Dusty would have probably a 1,000 more disposals, I reckon. Because how, and how can, how can you control the high fend-off, particularly if the tackler is going, his duck is you know, perhaps going low? You know, I mean, you can't control... It's, it's similar in the fashion where if you're ducking with the ball, right? What happens if the yep. person coming at you ducks? Well, the person coming at you is going to go at your hips, Bailey. So you're going to have a person coming at you low, contributing to the fact that you got him in the face. You were aiming to get him in the sternum, and you got him in the face because he went low. And the same thing's going to happen in the ruck contest. So high is high. So if you punch a guy to the face, it's a punch to the face. It's a free kick. But if that guy in the ruck contest contributes to the fact that... that you got him high because he went low. Then how is the AFL going to interpret that? Bailey is spot on. Hey, got a full board of course. So I want to get to as many as possible. One three hundred seven three six seven three six is the number. Wally in Ferntree Gully. Welcome to you, Wally. Okay, do I know long time first time? How are we? Yeah, good. Good to have you on. Mate, uh, you you're, uh, coughing on the head there. Just about the the striking and the ruck contest and future striking between players. What the AFL needs to prioritise is making sure that they blow the whistle on the instigator and not the retaliator. That's what's going to frustrate the hell out of supporters. I'm with you on that, Wally, 100%. Great to have you called. David in Williamstown, welcome to you, David. Hi, Dwayne, how are you? Yeah, good, thanks. Uh, I'll leave the score of you to Jared to work out. I'm actually calling that the Maynard rule, so Paul. Yes. Um, I was listening to the hurricane this morning, and I think I thought this at the time, but I think... Uh, Laura made a rock for her back last 
September by not taking it all the way to the appeals board, because that's where you get a definitive ruling on the legality of, of um, specific acts. Um, that becomes your precedent. Now, the problem with like, the duty of care, which is what they're talking about, that's a principle. The problem with defining how it applies to specific acts um, is that you, when you start doing that, you end up, um, well, the expectation is it's going to be defined for every incident that could cause head collision. And that's just the wrong, the wrong way to, to go about it. So I think you should have gone the whole way last year. Yeah, well, you can't jump off the ground. Um, um, in essence, if you don't know what's happened uh, with the rules, I'll just give you a quick run-through. So it's still saying four on the bench plus a sub. Um, so the sub's injury or tactical. So still that stays the same. You can't jump off the ground a smother without being accountable for any injury to the head. It's now careless at a minimum. So you can't jump off the ground a smother as Maynard did, as David's talking about. Uh, run-down tackles that injure the head, faceplant a guy are now reportable as rough conduct. So in essence, in a rundown tackle, you're going to have to roll the guy like a crocodile roll and have almost him land on you. Uh, you've got to try and protect him as much as possible, otherwise it'll be a free kick. And as I mentioned, the high fend-offs are dead. Free kicks will be paid more often, and it's now able to be considered a strike if you whack a guy to the face, even if he is ducking to try and tackle you low around the hips. And Ruckman can protect themselves with one arm if they're attacking the ball with the other. Your thoughts on all of this? one 736 is the number. one 736 Do you want the technology? Do you want the delays like we've got with the DRS? Because we will have delays. I mean, they will have to check. Unintended consequences is something that Laura Kane's obviously aware of. They will have to check every claim of touched off the boot because the technology of the ball is chipped will be there. If a guy yells, I've touched it, they're going to have to check it upstairs. Was it touched or not? And that is going to lead to delays because it happens all the time. Every kick for goal on the run, uh, the guy on the mark's going to claim it's touched. So they're going to have to check them all. You can't have the technology and then not use it in some instances. one 736 is the number. Here is Laura Kane on ball chip technology from SEN this morning. Yeah, so the, the ball has a chip in it that picks up a whole heap of different data points and different information. So uh, there's there's a stream around the game itself. So it's tracking things like congestion and ball speed. So we don't have direct metrics for either of those two things. And how can we start to understand where the ball's going, how quickly it's going and where the players are relative to the footy. So there's a football performance game analysis stream to it. In terms of score review, most of it uh, centres around what, it t- what the ball touches and also what lines it crosses. And so it's Quite, um, it's quite good in terms of uh, tracking when the ball has crossed the line and if anything has happened to the ball when that ball has crossed the line, say a, um, a, a slight finger or a post brush, mm. uh, it can pick that up. So, yes, the idea is that the technology um, is instant and I saw it in action the other day uh, and tells our officials what has happened. So we just need to work out how much testing we need to do to make sure that we're confident to use that technology in officiating. But uh, we've already started using it in in terms of uh, data collection from a game analysis perspective. That was Laura Kane this morning on SEN. They're not confident enough yet to bring it in, even though, as we hear from a number of people, including Steve Sammartino on this program last July, it's good enough to use now. Take a break. Wayne will come to you first after the break. Once 300-736-736, the open line, 
for Midday Madness. If you'd like to join me in Midday Madness for Work Locker, Karen Downs and Packenham Work for wherever you work. Brick Lane Brewing. They're doing very tasty things. Find Brick Lane in all good bottle shops. Athena will help you pay down your home loan faster. Visit athena.com.au. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Straight back to your calls and your texts. A couple of texts. Uh, Dwayne, how can a microchip in the board differentiate between a feather touch on a goalpost and raindrops on the ball in a wet game of footy? More tech problems, Mark, from Roval. Well, it can. It can detect the difference between it touching a finger and it touching a goalpost. There'll be different spikes. And that is exactly what the sensor can decipher. Now, it's going to take some time to decipher it. If two things happen at exactly the same time, so if the ball hits the finger and the post at the same time, it's going to take a little bit of time to decipher. Most of it is going to be instant. So if you kick the ball at goal and it gets called a goal and the guy on the mark claims, I touched it, I touched it, then that is going to be pretty instant. Uh, and Laura said that. Uh, one here on the text from Beetle. Laura just said the technology is instant. Minimal delays. Nothing like cricket where you have to wait for the technology. In a lot of the cases, it will be instant. It is instant to be read, Beetle. So... The, the umpire can simply say, no, you didn't touch it. We just checked it and it hasn't been touched. But instant and instant are two different things. So let me run you through this. It might be instant, but imagine the goal line technology where they have to check whether it travelled over the line or not and the fullback plays on straight away, as in the Adelaide Crows situation where they were robbed of a chance to play in the finals. So the ball goes close to the line. Did it go over or didn't it? Uh, we better check that. The, the fullback wants to play on straight away, and off he goes. He's kicked it, and the ball's on the wing. So that's, it's a bit different with cricket. You can hold it up. But you could be instant, but it still won't be instant enough to stop the fullback from playing on. We're going to have to have a system where you bring him back. Uh, or the umpire's just going to have to, hang on, hang on. No, you can't bring it in just yet. And it does cause delays. When the, when the AFL has to check things, we've, we've seen it the last couple of years, when you have to check whether it travelled over the goal line or not, when you have to check stuff, it does delay the instant bringing back of the ball back into play by the fullback, who does want to play on quickly before the opposition get their wall set up. So, yes, there's instant. It'll be instant. But will it be instant enough to simply allow the fullback to take off from the kick-in? Matt in Brunswick. Welcome to you, Matt. G'day, Dwayne. Um, with the, with the goalposts, can't we just go to a scenario where we just take out if it touches it or not. Like, if it touches the goalpost and goes through the big sticks, then it's a goal. Like, it would make life a hell of a lot simpler. And I'm just not sure, even with the padding nowadays, when it's nice and yeah. fat, like, sometimes it gets touched and and you, you wonder if the ball wasn't really past the line anyway kind of stuff. Like, in all other sports, if it touches it and goes in, it's in. Yeah, man, I get what you're saying because it has been suggested quite a lot before. It will change scoring for eternity. Um, because the touched ball off the post has always been a behind. So it's going to make a lot of what has happened in the past um, a different kind of stat realm that we're going to go into in the future because a lot more goals will be kicked. But maybe that's a good thing for the AFL if a lot more goals are going to be kicked. Um, and I suppose the, the touch through for a behind is a touch through for a behind. One, but the, the, the hard part is if the ball bounces back into play. So that's got to be a behind if it bounces back into play, I presume, in that scenario. Uh, we did have a situation where in a pre-season comp one year we trialled ball bouncing off the goalpost back into play as play on, but 
Uh, that's the last thing I'd like. Wayne on the road, you there, Wayne? Yeah, I am, Dwayne. Thanks a lot for your show. I really enjoy it. It's nice to have you on. I, um, thank you. Uh, it's about rules, slightly off topic, but I wonder if you can help me, please, being an ex-AFL player yourself. If a player is standing up and he's grabbed above the shoulders, it's a free kick. But if he's lying on the ground, he can have two or three players laying on top of him. They can even pull his ears, for, from what I can see on uh, when I watch the games, and it's no free kick. Have they changed the rules, or is it just, why do they do this? Wayne, hold the line. It's because the umpires don't want to pay free kicks for too high when a guy's on the ground often enough. So, yeah, pay him more. I'm 100% with you, and I'm glad you rang. This needs to be repeated over and over and over again. So the AFL and the umpires department and the umpires hear it. If it's too high, it's too high. If the guy's on the ground and he's not tackled correctly, pay the damn thing, especially when three guys jump on him. I mean, reward the ball getter more often. Hold the line. We've got a Signet Boost Power Bank coming your way. Signet Boost Power Banks are valid at $44.95. Signet Boost Power Banks will keep your phone, tablet, and earbud power 24-7. We've got a heap of prizes to give away as well today, so I better start giving a few of those away. Rick in Ringwood, you there, Rick? Uh, yes, uh, Dwayne. Uh, just with the uh, technology, are we losing sight of the uh, bigger picture? Which is? That you've got a uh, number of umpires that are steadily increasing, of, um, and they make a mistake up the ground that allows a kick towards goal, and we're getting uh, focusing on just the uh, kick to goal and we need to really uh, fix up what's happening up the ground. So what would you do to bring in, what would you bring in Rick? I think the uh, technology's uh, fine but the biggest problem we have is uh, the umpiring in the uh, on the oval itself hmm. and the decisions that are missed that allow uh, these decisions uh, contentious decisions to take place on the goal line. Yeah, Rick, I, improving umpiring is something that we've been on about a lot. I would like to have some professional umpires. I'd like umpires to watch all nine games every weekend, which they don't do because they're only semi-professional. And why would you if you don't have to? So, you know, I think they need to be up to speed with everything that's happened so far in the round before they umpire on the Sunday. But um, that's not a, it's not a proviso of the job that you watch footy. Now, a lot of them do, but do they watch nine games? I'm not sure many of them do. Appreciate your call, Rick. I'd love to improve umpiring as well. Um, there's a one here on the text. So Beatles trying to catch me out here. If the ball touches the finger and the post at the same time, it doesn't matter as both results are the same. What if the hand touches the ball and the post at the same time, but the ball doesn't touch the post? That's the issue. There's little intricacies like that. If you're trying to spoil the ball back into play, you brush the ball and the post at the same time. Um, has it hit the post or not? Uh, that's the difference. You're going to have to work out a lot of those spikes. But keep coming on the text if you want to try and trap me. Uh, there's a few that love it. Uh, 0433 98 11 16. The all-new Temper Pro. Temper's most adaptive mattress ever is here. Temper mattresses like no other. Keep your text coming through on that 40 Winks Temper text. Uh, hey, Dwayne, if we have to check every ball touched off the boot, it will adversely affect the overall fabric of the game. Our game revolves around free flow. Not sure if the fans will appreciate it or not. Moxter. Yeah, hopefully that's one that won't cause too much of a delay. But they will have to check them all. And you will have to train up some human beings to make sure that they interpret it correctly. Dwayne, waiting for a correct decision is not the end of the world. Everyone needs to occasionally take a breath. Yeah, but telling the fullback to take a breath and wait before he can bring the ball in is going to allow opposition teams to be able to set up 
their grid quicker. Uh, Dwayne, does this mean Dusty no longer can do his famous don't argue fend off from Susan? He can still do it. He just can't do it to the face. And if he does it viciously, or anybody does it viciously to the face, it's now reportable. Uh, another knee-jerk reaction from the AFL for a one-off incident. The Maynard class action has them trembling. Yarra Valley Rodwell. They are pretty much trying to avoid uh, any head-high stuff that can be avoided. So I'll give them credit for that. Hi, Dwayne. Uh, how can we flog the footy when they go into the crowd if the ball has a chip in it? Beeper from Craigieburn. Well, Beeper, you must just be happy with the ones you've got so far. Be happy you've got those. You won't be able to keep the chipped ones. We're back with more of your calls after the break. one 736 736 is the number. You were Dwayne's well. It's a little bit of placebo, the bitter end. That's an option for the new theme, by the way. Uh, is that an option for the new theme? What do you think of placebo, the bitter end, as our new play-on theme for Dwayne's World this year? Uh, I'll give that a trial a couple of times and see if you like it. Uh, send through your text if you do or don't. 0433 I like it, uh, but there's a couple of other options as well. A couple of texts that have come through, so let's say we see an incident like the Dangerfield raised elbow fend off to Nick Vloston. In the 2020 Grand Final, would he now be reported? Yeah, I reckon he would be right now if that happened again this year. Uh, Dwayne, how can a microchip in the ball differentiate between the different touches? Well, it can. That's the beauty of the computer system. AI can do that. It's a different type of sound to AI. The umpire's ears can't differentiate. We can't differentiate as humans, but AI and technology can. Another one here, if AI determines it has hit the post, and the fullback has been told to wait, it can work against the fullback. Absolutely, we've been talking about that a bit. The fullback should be allowed to play on regardless until the decision is made. If AI can detect immediately, then the fullback would know in real time and not play on. So maybe a flashing red light around the boundary fence where advertising signals uh, signs are to signal a goal. Otherwise, play on. So if it has travelled through for a goal, uh, the signal is that everything flashes red, a bit like the bales going off in cricket. Uh, it's travelled across the boundary of the goal line and it's been confirmed as a goal and it's a waste of time for the fullback to be able to play on in that instance. So there you go. We could have something like the, the bales in cricket. Uh, ask Duano, who will be the first player sanctioned for the fend-off? Uh, Dusty does so high sometimes, but I'm putting my money on Sam Powell Pepper. Yeah, there might be a few options like that. Pipe. Um, what year do you think the AFL will be 100% non-contact tag football? Bob, uh, thanks for that, Bob. I think they are trying to reduce any head-high contact that they can reduce. But I'm, I'm not with Kane Corns on this whole, oh, the AFL is going to stop players jumping for marks. Uh, he did ask that question to Laura Kane earlier today. Kane reckons that the AFL will one day stop a player jumping into a marking contest with a knee. But let's just get one thing right from my perspective. Trying to win the ball in a marking contest, trying to mark the ball, will always be allowed. Otherwise, it's not footy anymore. The AFL does report players, like it reported Eric Hipwood and suspended him, for an unrealistic leap into a pack where he wasn't attempting to mark the ball in their assessment of it. So you can't jump into a pack with your knees if it's unrealistic and you're not attempting to get the ball. You'll be suspended for it. 
And it is a free kick, as we know, unrealistic attempt. So that rule is in place, and you can suspend. So leaping into the pack to mark a ball, because your intention is to mark it, will always be allowed, as long as you get close to it, and it's a realistic attempt. What I can see happening one day, though, what I can see happening one day, and I asked Steve Hocking this a few years ago when he was the head of the AFL, and that is not allowing a player to jump knee first just to spoil. So if they're not trying to win the ball, they're simply trying to stop someone else from winning it. So they jump into the player and attempt to spoil, and they miss the ball. Well, you're not attempting to win the ball. You're actually attempting to spoil that player's attempt to win the ball. I think we might actually eventually get to a world in the AFL where you do have to jump to try and mark the ball in a marking contest. The game is moving in a direction where players are being encouraged to, to make winning the ball more their object than ever. And stoppers, players with no intention of winning the ball, are getting free kicks against them. So I can see that one day, uh, a player jumping into a pack specifically to try and knock you and the ball over at the same time with no intention of winning the ball, being penalised. But, uh, yeah, I'm not going the whole hog like Kane Corns has gone the whole hog. John in Pasco Vale, welcome to you. John, you want to talk about another rule that was changed. Welcome to you. Thanks, Dwayne. Long time. Uh, good to hear you back from holidays. Yeah, it's um, nice to be back. I heard, I, I heard on the news last night, Laura, I think her name is, saying that clubs are going to get penalised for whistling on the boundary. Yeah. What the hell is this? Well, apparently the Bulldogs, I think, were the ones that were accused of it, John. Just whistling um, to try and get the attention of players, and it's a whistle that confuses people when it comes to the whistle blown by the umpires at the same time, John. So the incessant whistling to get players' attention on the bench will now not be allowed. You won't be able to whistle either wolf whistle or bring your own whistle to try and get the attention of your players. Well, I agree that you, you shouldn't use a whistle, which will be interpreted, but yeah. whistling uh, from your mouth and whistling from a, a, a contraption is very different. It is, unless you so, can mimic the umpire's whistle, John. To cause confusion. What if you're really good at it? You're a good interpreter. You're you're, you're actually. Yeah. No, you've got to be joking, really. Well, honestly, that's what you can you can do it. I mean, there will be if you can if you can or well, someone can put on, um, you know, if you're good enough to be able to put on a voice that fools people into thinking, you know, that's uh, Sam Newman, then you're probably going to be. Uh, able to get people who are good enough to put on a whistle that makes it sound like the umpire's whistle. Uh, great to have you called, though. It is a funny one, John, and for pointing it out. Hold the line. We've got some golf for you. 18 holes of golf for you and a mate down at Club Mandalay. Get 18 holes of golf for two with drinks in a cart midweek for just $99. Visit clubmandalay.com.au. Want to come to you all. Mark, Nick, Laura, Barney, Craig, Muzza. We'll get to you all. It's Midday Madness. Brick Lane Brewing. They're doing very tasty things. Find Brick Lane in all good bottle shops. Athena will help you pay down your home loan faster. Visit athena.com.au. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Grab out your calls for Midday Matters. Lou and Bundura, thanks for holding, Lou. Dwayne, um, just, I just want to ask you a very logical question. Do you remember when the first iPhone came out? I think it was about 2017 <laughs> or something. Got a rough idea, yep. Camera, that's the same camera that the AFL used to have a look at the goalposts 
if the ball has touched it. Mate, it's a multi-billion dollar industry. Put a bloody snickometer or something in there. It, it is so simple. And I still do not, to this day, understand why they have not done it yet. It is unbelievable, Dwayne. No, it's, I think it's the camera they used back in the goldfields where you had to stand there for 30 seconds and the puff of gunpowder went off. Uh, appreciate your call, Lou. Tony and Q. Hello, Tony. Yeah, g'day, Dwayne. Um, you may remember when Andrew Dillon came into power at the AFL. At his press conference, he made it very, very clear that he would do a lot more for junior football. And uh, sounded great at the time, but since, Dwayne, and I'm just wondering uh, if the AFL are listening, and I'm sure that they do, if they actually do a little bit more, something more constructive, more substantial, in terms of what they actually are going to be doing for junior football. Yeah, Tony, we've asked Andrew Dillon to come on. I think if he does come on, it'll be on Jared Waitley's program, because Jared tends to get uh, those larger size interviews, and I, uh, I'm happy with that, because I love talking to the people and doing Midday Madness for two hours, so uh, I'm more than happy for that to happen. But uh, the beauty of it is, let's just get him on and ask him that question, Tony. Let's get him on, and then on Midday Madness, we can react to it, as we have done with Laura Kane on Breakfast earlier today. So I'm with you 100%, Tony. It's okay to come into a press conference and promise a heap of stuff, but uh, you've seen only a couple of donuts, and maybe you're right. That's all we've seen. Hopefully something's going to be announced soon. Laura in Mill Park. You there, Laura? Hey, Dwayne. Um I don't know if Laura Kane's listening or whoever she makes decisions with, whatever. But from one Laura to another, please leave the game alone. Stop with all the rule changes every year. Unless it's for a medical reason, I'm all about the concussion and safety. Yep, 100%. But stop changing everything else. It's, I mean, I don't know how the umpires keep up. The field is with all the changes. The fans get confused. I mean, our game was so great. It still is. But I just think we need to stop with all the rule changes that aren't necessary. Again, for medical reasons, 100%. But it's just well, all know, of these, frustrating. Well, all of the rule changes this year are for medical reasons. High fend-offs because we don't want the head being hit um, and the ruckmen being able to protect themselves. They have been complaining that they've been vulnerable, being unable to protect themselves with one arm. So they're now able to protect themselves in a run contest. And you can't jump off the ground when your smothering is about protecting the head. There's been no rule changes outside of the ones specifically designed to actually protect people. So she's probably done exactly what you want, uh, Laura. She's changed nothing in that regard when it comes to actually rule, actual rules. I mean, they could have changed the 6-6-6 six, six and six, um, rule to the point that if you don't set up properly, it's now a free kick instead of just... Um, uh, sorry, actually not even giving you the option of having a warning before a free kick. Just scrap the warning. Just make it a free kick. But they've decided not to do that as well. Mark and the Limestone Coast, welcome to you, Mark. Yeah, g'day, Mikey. I'm with Laura, um, one, one million percent. But uh, just before I get to well, that... Well, there's no, nothing changed, um, though, Mark. But there hasn't been any... Let's get, let's get this right. Laura Kane's changed nothing other than stuff for protection of players' heads, really. That's it. Yeah, so okay, well, I'll do rules. that. I'll I'll do that bit first. Then um, I, I'd like to put out a challenge to all your listeners and and to your staff. Um, a lot of people are really good internet uh, detectives. I'd like to know how many rule changes there have been since the year two thousand. Okay, uh, I'd like to to have the total number of, of rule changes to our great game. 
that there's been since the year 2000 and compare that to other ball games like rugby, soccer, NFL, basketball. I'd like to know what the comparison, how many rules have been changed or adjusted in the last 24 years. I reckon we'd be shocked. And secondly, just on a slightly humorous but, but level... It's hard, to com- um, it's hard to make that complaint today when they haven't changed any today, Mark. So I'm asking this question whether or not we should be... A lot of people would want a change to the technology. But you're saying you don't want any change to the technology? You would rather the AFL had no goal line technology advancement this year? You don't want anything changed in the game? Well, no, the goal line technology isn't rules. I mean, the rules of play. I'm talking about but they the haven't rules changed any play. rules. Well, they haven't changed any rules of play, so we can't criticise the AFL today for changing rules of play for the last 20 years when they've changed none today. I thought they had. I thought they, you just listed a few off. I listed off a couple of changes to interpretations where they are trying to protect the head. So high fend-offs, which has always been illegal. It's a free kick. If you fend off to a player's face, it's now also reportable. You can't jump off the ground to smother without being accountable for it to the point that you can be suspended for it now. It's always been illegal, but you can now be suspended for that bump to the head. And Ruckman are now able to protect themselves with one arm because they need more opportunity to protect themselves. So, yeah, there hasn't actually been any rule changes this year. So for you and Laura, you must be, it's a happy day today. Uh, Laura Kane's come in and essentially done nothing as opposed to Steve Hocking, who came in and upset the world by the looks of things, but made the game better. Nick in Hoppers Crossing, Barney in Croydon, Craig in Roeville, Mother in Geelong. We'll get to you all. You with Dwayne's Well. Brick Lane Brewing. They're doing very tasty things. Find Brick Lane in all good bottle shops. Athena will help you pay down your home loan faster. Visit athena.com.au. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Keep your text and calls coming. One here on the text. Uh, Dwayne, the change in the ruck rule is a change. Get with the program. Now, Laura said she's happy with rule changes that make the game safer, but not other rule changes. And all the alterations this year are to make the game safer. They're all to protect players. All those rule changes. Not just to tinker with the, the speed of the game. They're all to make the game safer, including the ruck rule. It's been brought in that you can protect yourself with an arm. So rucks can now be a little safer when they jump for the ball. They can protect themselves. It's all about the head. Even the face plant, tackle from behind, alteration to the rule. It's about making the game safer. You can't do it anymore without being reported. Barney and Croydon, you there, Barney? I think you're there, Barney. You've got me on delay. I think you're there. Are you there, Barney? Craig in Roeville, are you there, Craig? Yeah, I'm here, Pipe. Uh, great have a great day. Uh, I am having a great day. I've got no problem, no problem at all with all the um, interpretation, uh, but it's pretty simple with the rundown from behind or the rough tackle. The AFL were the ones that brought in the change of the rule where if a player was tackled, they then had an opportunity to get rid of the ball. If they just change that simple interpretation to if a player had the opportunity and the player from behind or from the side, once they tackle that player and hold on to them, it's an automatic free kick for holding the ball, dropping the ball, whatever you want to call it. But it's the AFL that changed that interpretation and said the player has an opportunity to get rid of it. And if the player tackling didn't throw the player to the ground, then the umpire would just call for a ball up. Yeah, so the tackle gets laid and he drops it and then it's holding the ball. 
and then a split second later, his face gets planted into the ground, and then it's, no, no, it's too high. You, t you didn't tackle him correctly. And it's all about protecting the guy who had the ball, the ball getter. And the hard part now is, Craig, that we've gone so far the other direction. We're trying to protect the ball getter to the point that a tackling guy doesn't have as much an opportunity to get that holding the ball call that he once had. You're absolutely spot on. Once upon a time, that chase down tackle from behind was deemed to be legal. It was holding the ball, even if you face planted him after. But now it's all about protecting the head. So that change to the interpretation about protecting the head. The change to the fend-off, uh, the Dustin Martin rule, if you want to call it that, it's about protecting the head. It's all about protecting the head going forward. And the AFL has tinkered with a lot of the changes this year to make sure that the head is more protected than ever. Dermot Brown's going to join me in about 15 minutes' time to talk more about it. But straight back to your calls for Midday Madness next.